0: Hello, my name is Dr. Kieran Kishwara. I'm a dental legal consultant at Dental Protection based in Brisbane. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts produced exclusively for members of Dental Protection. Risk Bites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to stay clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high-quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague, Dr. Annalene Weston, and I will talk about burnout and how to use your third space wisely. So Annalene, some listeners may be unaware of the Dental Protection and Medical Protection joint campaign, Breaking the Burnout Cycle, which called for organization-wide interventions to safeguard the well-being of healthcare practitioners. I know that this is something you're a champion for, and that you're very concerned about how burnout is impacting on the profession. Can you tell us a little more about this?
1: Sure. We really wanted to address burnout and make a loud and definite call to action to organisations about this issue as current COVID-related issues aside, burnout is one of the most pressing concerns for contemporary dental practitioners globally.
0: Annalyn, can you tell me what is burnout?
1: Absolutely, Kieran. So burnout is an occupational phenomenon and it's a descriptor for what could be described as work stresses and their effects. The reason that we use the term burnout and not another term like worry or stress is that burnout is a reproducible and a measurable analysis of stress. Now, several ways have been developed to record how burnt out people actually are. But the one that most people listening would be most familiar with is called Mashlak's triad. If it's not something you're familiar with, just just explain that. Essentially, Christine Mashlak developed a questionnaire that looked at and measured the three key aspects of burnout. Working through each of these in turn, firstly, we have emotional exhaustion. And just to explain that to you, Kieran, if you've ever really cried because you've had your heart broken or because you've lost someone that you love, you'd know that you get that awful ache over your adrenal glands, like over the pit of your stomach. That's how emotional exhaustion feels. And just to put some colour around this, Kieran, studies are showing us that between one third and one half of Australian dental practitioners are attending practice with moderate to high levels of emotional exhaustion. So that feeling every single day. And this is why I'm saying that burnout is such a pressing issue for our profession, because it's a horrible way to feel. Uh, next up, our second factor is an increase in depersonalization. So this is cynicism or distancing yourself from your patients. Now, it's quite natural for people to put a protective veneer of sorts over ourselves to stop ourselves from being bled emotionally dry by those for whom we're caring. Um, In fact, compassion fatigue is a well-recognized standalone phenomenon in medical and dental practice and has been described as secondary traumatic distress disorder for those who treat the traumatized. To say that a bit more slowly, secondary traumatic distress disorder for those who treat the traumatized. Now, the issue comes when our protective response becomes so pronounced that we seem to lose care for all those we care for. So we have no care. Of course, our patients can sense this level of disingenuousness from us and they don't like it. And because they don't like it, they proceed to make complaints about us and our attitude. And that's why burnout is often related to an increase in the complaints profile for a practitioner. Finally, the last factor or third factor is a decrease in our sense of personal accomplishment. So that moment where a patient goes, wow, that needle just didn't hurt. And you get absolutely no pleasure from that. Or you've just completed some amazing work and you look at it and you feel nothing, like no pride, no, I'm really glad or this was great. Just an empty void. That's a decrease in sense of personal accomplishment. So these three factors together are burnout, and it's an occupational phenomenon. So you can only get burnt out from work, not from other areas or factors in your life. And in fact, in May 2019, the World Health Organization actually recognized burnout as an occupational phenomenon, and it features in their 11th International Classification of Diseases.
0: So what does burnout feel like, Anneli? Or should I complete the questionnaire by Maslach to see if I am burnt out?
1: Well, you certainly can complete the questionnaire, Kieran, and if you're interested in seeing where you sit in burnout, I would strongly encourage anybody listening to do so. But this definition I'd like to share with you will perhaps give some colour to how burnout feels when you're going through it. I found this definition in an old um, copy of the ADJ, and it kind of jumped out and grabbed me because it's something that really resonated with me, and it reads, Burnout is a condition born out of good intentions. Dental practitioners who fall prey to it are for the most part unselfish individuals who've painstakingly striven to reach perfection in their careers, pushing themselves too hard for too long, failing to acknowledge their limitations for fear of ridicule or failure. Now, as I've said, this really resonates with me. And certainly, it's a good descriptor of those dental practitioners we work with who are suffering from burnout. And when we ask them how they feel, often it teases elements of that definition out.
0: So we were going to talk about the third space as well. Where does the third space fit into all of this?
1: Now, the third space is a concept I came across through my work regarding burnout, specifically regarding how we as individuals can protect ourselves from burnout. And it's something I've personally found really helpful, which is why I like to share it. Now, the person who's led the way in this concept is Dr. Adam Fraser, and he initially identified or they initially identified this concept through the studies of sport champions. So what they were looking at, Kieran, was they wanted to see what made you from being good or an exceptional athlete to being a champion. So they were looking at tennis players and they were seeing what separated the best of the best from the rest. Uh, Was it the speed of their serve or the accuracy of their shots or the certain things that they did? And they found that, in fact, all professional athletes are on a reasonable par regarding speed or accuracy what they found was they did something differently and that was how they managed their third space to explain that then if you consider a tennis game you have two serves serve one and serve two but between those two serves is a dead space which they call the third space so if you hit a really rubbish first serve and you're angry and frustrated and upset and you carry that angst and drama onto your second serve then you hit a rubbish second serve as well and then that becomes a rubbish match rubbish game rubbish career I don't know it continues it snowballs okay so they found that the champions didn't have that problem they did something between the two points the two serves to settle or regulate or soothe themselves so we call that they put themselves into recovery they manage to brush off that stressful moment and the one that probably most people can visualize when we talk about this is of course Rafa Nadal who has some very very distinct motions that he goes through every time just before he hits the ball and you know fiddles with his pants and he bounces the ball a certain number of times and does a series of things. And he does it every single time. That is Rafa Nadal managing his third base, And that's why if he has a bad shot, it doesn't move on or flow and then affect his other shots. And you can see this in many sports. So um, the rugby world cup was on reasonably recently. And when I was watching that, I was interested to see that each of the people who kicked a conversion before they kicked that, They all had a series of things that they would do every single time. That's managing their third space. If you watch Killing Eve, one of the main characters, Eve Palastri, just whenever she's stressed, she does exactly the same thing. She takes her hair down and she rearranges it and puts it up in a certain way. She is managing her third space. So a third space then is a series of rituals or routines that we can use when something stressful has happened or we've had a bad first serve To stop it from moving on and impacting the rest of the game. Now, why has this got anything to do with dentistry? Because we have several third spaces throughout the day. So just ask yourself, Kieran, if you have a difficult first patient, and so something goes wrong, um, you're running late, you can't get the matrix band on, or you can't get the matrix band off, um, (laughs) and everyone's becoming frustrated, including you, and now you're running late, do you? take some time to manage your third space and brush off that irritation and annoyance or do you rush on into your next patient and drag perhaps a little bit of that drama and angst with you i think most people drag a bit of that drama and angst with them and then they have a difficult day the whole day falls apart because they never really brush off the frustration of patient one they never really manage their third space So, this is something that you can do in your dental surgery, either between patients, or some people identify their third space as being between their morning session and their afternoon session. So, if you are having a longer gap, you can consider things like going for a walk, eating lunch, which is considered to be quite a healthy activity to undertake in a day in the surgery, or something along those lines. If you're looking at a third space between patients, which is how I have adapted this in my own practice personally, I try to just take a moment, take a breather. So, you know, um, when you walk out of a room and you go into another room and you forget what you walked in for, that's actually a psychological thing where <laughs> moving from one space to another can cause you to forget or let go of certain things. So after I've handed my patient over and written my contemporaneous dental records, I take myself out of my surgery, go to the coffee room and I have a drink of water, which obviously great thing for hydration, but also when I walk back out the coffee room, go and get my next patient, I have managed my third, third space and I have brushed off any drama. My uh, center manager has actually realized this now, and she leaves me little treats in the tea ring too, like vegan cupcakes to make managing my third space an even happier thing. So I don't know, maybe that's something you could consider
0: too. Excellent. Annaline. it seems to me that there would be other third space opportunities throughout, throughout our day as well.
1: Absolutely, Kieran. So, of course, another natural third space is the third space between our work and our home life. So consider. If you've had that really difficult day and you come home, do you take a moment to brush that off or to shake that off? Or do you come home and drag the difficulty of that day with you like a cape that you then lay over your friends or family or housemates like a blanket, a big depressed blanket that really (laughs) negs everybody else's vibe? I mean, if you're getting home and the only person who's pleased to see you is the dog, then you're probably not managing your third space well. So there are some things that you can do between work and home to prevent that from happening. Uh, some people recommend, again, going for a walk, going for to the gym, just taking 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long period of time. If you don't have that opportunity, you can consider coming home and having a shower and taking the day off, washing our patients off, if you will. Uh, some days more than others, isn't it, really, with that, depending the procedures we've been doing. But then when you come out of the bathroom and then being ready to be the engaged family member or friend that you want to be. So it's not just within work, it's between our work and life too that we can manage that third space.
0: So a helpful take-home message from today would be to identify potential third spaces within our work days and find some opportunities to utilise them to put ourselves into recovery and to protect ourselves from burnout.
1: That's a great summary, Kieran. Thank you. And certainly something I would encourage everyone to try.
0: Thank you, Annalene, for that relevant and helpful content. And thank you for listening. We hope that this podcast was helpful to you. and look forward to speaking with you again in the future.